Hey, it's your host, Tamara Cherry. The conversation you're about to hear is with a woman I hold very close to my heart. I first met Vesna just hours after her son was murdered. I was working as a crime reporter in Toronto, and my story was basically in the bag. But just as I was about to head back to the newsroom to file it, I was given the family's address by an investigator. I would come to write several stories about Boris Sikovich and his parents' fight for justice over the years, and I knew they were thankful for my stories. But when I began researching the impact of the media on trauma survivors, I couldn't help but wonder whether Vesna would still hold me in such high regard if she remembered me showing up at her door during those very fragile first hours. And so I reached out. This made up one of the most difficult chapters for me to write in my book, The Trauma Beat, A Case for Rethinking the Business of Bad News. But I still had some more questions for Vesna, which brings us to this conversation. All right, let's get to it. You're listening to The Trauma Beat, hosted by me, Tamara Cherry. Remember to check the show notes for anything that might activate your own trauma responses. And as always, like, subscribe, leave a review. Do what you can if you like what you hear. Episode 4, My Conversation with Homicide Survivor, Vesna Sikovich. All right, so Vesna, why don't you just start out by introducing yourself? Uh, my name is Vesna Sikovic. Uh, I am Bosnian-Canadian, and I had a son, only one son, and his name was Boris. Uh, he was killed as a victim of a robbery in Toronto, uh, 3rd of October, uh, 2008. Can you tell me a little bit about Boris? It's very hard to tell you anything about Boris, right? Boris was... 17 years, seven months and 11 days old when he was murdered. He was only a child. Uh, we adored him. He was only grandson from both of sides. He was best friend of man, so many people. He was a good student in grade 12. He was killed one week after university fair, right? Uh, he was excellent athlete, but it's not the point, you know? Uh, what basically always bothered me, right, that us who lost our children uh, um, due to violence, right, we always try to explain, oh, come on, he was such a good boy. He was a good boy. And I think that's totally wrong because, you know what, uh, we consider ourselves, right, as a, as a structured, um, structured, civilized society. There is no one who has a right to take anyone's life. That's my opinion. Even if somebody is the worst in the world, you have no right to take his life because we have a system, right? Legal system. And I mean, complete chain who's gonna deal with whatever somebody did, uh, right? And uh, then you know what? It's very hard to, to, to tell something about Boris in a few words. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just miss him. I just miss him so much. Vesna, uh, you're part of my research project talking about the, the impact of the media on victims and survivors of traumatic events. What can you tell me about your first recollections of the media after Boris died? Uh, listen, the 3rd of October was Friday. And you know what? So it's very interesting because we seriously never know what's going to happen when we open our eyes in the morning. That That's something... That's something really, so I, I basically experienced that twice. 
when my when my uh, life was turned upside down completely. First time with the war in former Yugoslavia, and second time what was for me, I guess, much, 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 much worse. You cannot compare when war is gone. Uh, you simply, both of us, I mean, three of us, right, with our family. Uh, my husband, now he's my ex-husband. What is seriously really hard, even, you know, for both of us, it's very hard to say ex-husband and ex-wife, right? So because, I mean, seriously, we are still kind of support to each other, but it's it's in, in so many, uh, so many situations like ours, uh, divorce is coming right after uh people again i mean again sorry that's that's i mean something what is not very connected with the, your question no it's people it's usually all think, they really think they, they really think you know they most of the time think oh you know what parents are getting closer no they don't understand right that we are such a reminder of the pain of each other right so when um, we can recognize our son in our whatever smile or, or movement body movement or something and it simply uh, doesn't work because I think that is normal, normal, uh, uh, normal reaction that your body is showing you, your brain that you have to escape pain. So you are trying, you know, to do whatever you can do, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, then go back on your question. So it's really, I mean, weird. You woke up normally, you brushed your teeth, you took a shower, Boris went to school. He came back, I went to work. Then that, I mean, that's last thing what I remembered really clearly, right? Then that phone call, when Boris's friend is calling, he was shouting, screaming, you know, yelling, crying that Boris was shot. Then I hardly, uh, because you know what, my, my uh, I'm usually, I'm not panic, I'm not panicking, you know, when something, it's go- that something terrible is happening. Uh, my brain is working 300 miles, you know, uh, uh, per hour. That, 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 that's such, you know, uh, big work of the brain, then I'm completely calm because I know I have to, 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 to do as best as I can right now to deal with the situation, situation what, what comes up, right? Uh, we went with a friend uh, to the hospital. It was maybe 10.30 at night. And... I mean, I knew it. I just knew that he's gone. Uh, we came home. Then it's blurry, you know. Uh, a lot of Boris's friends came there. A lot of our friends came there. I mean, and I cannot really remember. I just remember that people, you know, uh, I mean, journalists started to come the next morning, from the early morning. I cannot remember almost anything because you know what, my friends, uh, they dealt with that, not us, right? Uh, I remember extremely, extremely unfair uh, approach to us from, I think it was City TV, City TV, I guess, yeah? Uh, When they published what it's still my, I mean, what is still Big Scar, a totally unprofessional and totally unfair statement of Stephen Ryan, a homicide detective who basically put the blame on the victim, telling us later, oh, you know what, it was my tactic. They're going to step forward and they're going to come, you know, to say who did it. I mean, uh, 
And also I remember City TV that they even asking for cell phones and everything. And we were in a funeral home trying to arrange everything for only child, right? So, I mean, that was a terrible thing. Can I really point the finger on anyone else? No, no. I can say actually that so many of the journalists were extremely supportive. You know, uh, for example, you were fantastic really seriously. Uh, I cannot even remember, I think I remember that you were there uh, because you said, is it you when you came to Boris's room? Oh my God, he was just 17, but it seems that he knew the whole city and that he touched everyone. Uh, then I was thinking that woman probably, I mean, she figured out that's not a story, it's a tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. um, I cannot really remember. I remember just that from the first moment. I remembered a moment in a hospital in the Sarnbrook that I was asking that policeman, you know, who said, that's only what I remember, the doctor who was crying mm -hmm. and them who was telling me, uh, you know what, we will turn upside down the whole city, but we will find who did that. And I said, you're gonna find it, but you're someone who let them walk around with the guns. You know, you're not gonna find anything. I want to see my son and I don't want to see anyone from the press, please let us grieve peacefully. Mm. I cannot remember after that, you know, because I was so shocked and I guess that I'm still, uh, I have so much, you know, uh, like gaps in my brain. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, um, I just remember City TV as someone uh, who, who did stuff that wasn't really, I mean, how supposed to be. So right? Vesna, you remember telling police in the immediate aftermath that you didn't want to see anybody from the media? Absolutely. You wanted your privacy? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I know, and I, I so appreciate your kind words for me, um, but as you know, this is something that I've really struggled with because I was there within 24 hours. Uh, as I told you in an email exchange, I got your, your address from a police officer. Yes, I know. Can you tell me, um, because I, I know that, that my presence would have caused you harm that day because you weren't in a state to talk to the media. If you're able to remember and if you're comfortable talking about it, can you, can you tell me what your state of mind was like in those first hours and days? Because I sh when I showed up at your door, it was less than 24 hours had gone by. And I actually found in, in my notes and in another story that I had called your apartment also the next day. But I'm trying to show journalists, you know, what your state of mind is. I'm trying to explain to them what the impact is that trauma has on the brain and how that might make it not necessarily a good time to knock on somebody's doors, door in, in the immediate aftermath. So can you tell us a little bit if you're comfortable doing so about your state of mind in those first you know, 24, 48 hours? Listen, it's not just uh, in my state of mind was unchanged uh, months, you know, mm. uh, without eating, without sleeping, going to total, I mean, total, total disbelief, uh, I was, I was uh, you know what? It looks like that somebody I usually told that, right? So like that somebody, for example, cut off your, your arms, your legs, and you know what? You, 
grab out your heart and says, now you have to run a marathon. That's how it looks like when you, I mean, that's how I, I, I that's something I feel like that since I lost my, my son, right? That every day I'm going to the, up to the mountain and coming back. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the other hand, I cannot remember none of you as important to me at that time because nothing was important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything stopped. That was just nothing, nothing. That was just, you know, black hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was really blessed, both of us, that we had since I left. I mean, until I left Canada, it wasn't right one week or one month, but Boris's friends, our friends were constantly around us, mm-hmm. constantly. So that was a big support. Uh, you know, uh, as you know, my, my ex-husband, he used to work for CBC, right? So for Canadian Broadcast Corporation. I mean, they did a really fantastic job. Uh, very objective, but very supportive. Uh, then, I mean, both of us worked for the radio station here in Sarajevo, right? So without the war, I would be in that profession, right? So, but just for the music. Uh, I understand completely that you guys, you were looking for a story. You know what I mean? And it's very, very hard to make a balance uh, how not to, not to, um, how to be sensitive and to do the story that people is asking for, what they are reading, you know? So, I mean, me personally, I cannot see how it's going, uh, how it's going to be make, uh, made, except if you just leave it. Meaning leave you alone. I don't know. If, I don't know. Uh, am I, uh, do I make a sense? Yes. Do you, do you mean to leave you alone? Like, are you saying that the only solution is just to, to leave the survivors such as yourself? alone absolutely but then you have no story and having story is your job do you understand what i mean so basically uh i cannot blame uh, a journalist for doing that Mm. you know honestly seriously i can't uh but it but it had an impact on you right like I, i think you wrote in your survey that you remembered feeling, I don't have it up in front of me, but you remembered feeling like, how could they think that I'm ready to talk and just an invasion of your privacy. Can, can you tell me a little bit about the impact that it had on you, whether or not there's a better way to do this out there? Um, I think it's important to talk about the impact that that, that door knock has, like in, in those first hours and days, if you're comfortable doing so. Can you, can you kind of tell me about that? I would gladly talk to you about this, but honestly, I was in such state of shock mm. that you know what, in my complete misery, in my complete destroyed life, right? So it was, it wasn't something that I was surprised with mm-hmm. or hurt with, you know, because I was shell shocked, mm-hmm. my husband as well, right? Uh, what I, even then figure out as something, right? What was the most damaged was that, I mean, uh, that comment of Stephen Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really, really such untrue, such unfair. 
and I mean, it was just, just ridiculous, right? Uh, and I mean that somebody is even asking for our cell phones when we were in a funeral home, right? That I remember. The rest of that, no. And basically I can say that you guys were kind of supportive. None of you, I don't know, uh, you were kind of objective. What actually bothered me later on when was a trial, right? We went through so many trials, yeah. so many bails, so many stuff. It took years. Yeah. I mean, uh, then how uh, the journalist, uh, how he actually uh, called Nahura Raya, who was accused killer of my son. I mean, there were four of them mm -hmm. and just him was somehow right. Uh, they got it just him and according to Canadian law, right? So he has a right to say that, to, to keep silent, mm -hmm. to remain silent. Uh, when Boris was murdered, that guy was 18 years old, dropped out from a high school living in shelter. Uh, three years after he was, I don't know, in a Humber college or whatever. Uh, I just think that's a question of terminology uh, then, I mean, uh, journalists pictures him as a student from Humber, mm. you know, and I found that extremely, 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 I mean, uh, incorrect, mm. you know, because he had the time and lawyers and everything to picture this themselves, that himself uh, on the way how he wanted that. Mm -hmm. That first impact, I told you what I remember, and it was really bad. I mean, seriously, but I remember that two moments, just mm -hmm. two moments, right? We went to the Buttonwood Park, so that was a lot of, I mean, uh, gathering there. Uh, but even journalists, you know, Boris's friends were coming to me or my friends and says, look, I mean, that woman from whatever, let's say CBC, she's asking, is, is that okay that she talks to you, that she, if she can talk to you, you know? I mean... Again, that's, that's, I mean, that's a question. If you want to do your job, what is your choice, right? So. Mm -hmm. And did you, did you feel at that point that you were ready to talk to a journalist? Uh, I was like an automatic pilot, mm -hmm. you know, and being extremely responsible as I am, right? So I am very, and kind of nerd, seriously, mm -hmm. seriously kind of nerd. Then I probably obeyed. You know, somebody wanted to talk to me, then I, you know, maybe I, I, after that statement of Stephen Ryan, maybe I was thinking, maybe it's better that I, that I speak up mm -hmm. because my son has no voice, right? Then I can say something because they're already there, right? Uh, than to leave, I mean, just that somebody, whatever, guessing what happened, and, you know. Do you, do you think, and, and maybe they had this conversation with you before, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think it would have been helpful for if the investigators had explained to you beforehand, this is what we're going to be saying in the media, and this is why. It's, it's part of our investigative tactic, and it might not make Boris look how you want him to look, but it's all part of our effort to have the shooter and the people that he was with come forward. Would that have made it less painful for you, do you think? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That was just that, you know, little piece of, of, I mean, 
what missing then i would say sure or no or whatever right mm -hmm. and what you just said about being a nerd and maybe just saying yes sure i'll just do what i want it it makes complete sense to me vesna because um somebody who i've spoken with and interacted with a lot throughout this project is uh somebody who works for victim services at the las vegas metropolitan police department mm -hmm. um she's an absolutely wonderful woman and one of the things she told me is that she thinks that a lot of the times that the that victims and survivors will speak to the media because they don't realize that they can say no and because they they want to be polite and they don't want to be mean they don't want to say they don't want to be that person that turns somebody away from their door and says no and then absolutely so they, so they absolutely. talk and my roots are bosnian you know the extremely friendly people i mean and i i just don't want to be rude yeah. uh Am I still? I'm not sure that that was my way of thinking in that moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe seriously, even in all of that shock that I was thinking after that statement, because that statement I think came first. Seriously, if I got mixed up, forgive me, right? Oh, no, it's totally because normal. everything is, you know, in my brain is missing the years, not just yeah. days, right? Uh, but I mean, it was. Um, Maybe I was thinking it's better that I was talking, you know, what happened. The, this At woman, least from the perspective what I knew that happened, yeah, right? From yeah. the kids who were there and knowing my son. Yeah. The, and you know, when, when, when something like, like this happened, honestly, Tamira, I mean, seriously, you feel so guilty because you constantly have to, uh, to, to defend your child, you know? You constantly have to say, Oh, you know, he was a good boy. I mean, so uh, Boris wasn't angel, of course. He was typical teenage boy. You know, funny, 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 super funny. He loved life. Li life loved him, you know. He was just, you know, full of energy. And, you know, going out, he always says, hey, don't worry about me. I loved everyone, right? So everyone knows me, don't worry. And of course, what happened, you know, so... It came for people who didn't know them. Mm -hmm. Him and his friends, you know, and mm -hmm. he's gone. But I mean, that, 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 it's so, so senseless. So senseless. Seriously. You, I think, it. right? So I, I just think that you guys, I mean, as a balance, right? Making balance between that, what you have to do as a journalist and us, you know, who are homicide, who the newborn homicide survivor. Let's see. Uh, just, I mean, more sensitive terminology, more sensitive questions, you know, something like this. You described some in your in your survey that you filled out for my project. You you described having some positive experiences with the media. Can you tell me about times when the media coverage was helpful or beneficial for you? Uh, most of the time, most of the time, seriously, you know, after first bail. Uh, when I basically reached out mm -hmm. and asking to talk to someone, you know, then I guess they send you, then they send you, right? I don't remember. So you had reached yes, out Yes, I to remember me? because Mr. Vršežnjavski, uh, Boris Vršežnjavski, my member of parliament yeah. at the time, yeah. and then us, we worked so hard, you know, to change, to try even to change, you know, the uh, bail law uh, and, and stuff like this, right? So... And I was facing all the time um, the court uh, letting uh, Nahur Raya back and back on the bail, back and back mm -hmm. on the bail. It happened even when he was convicted. 
mm -hmm. uh, two weeks after he got bail again, right? Yep. I mean, it happened terrible things to us. Then uh, all of journalists were very, very supportive. Mm. Okay. You know, I, I couldn't remember that it was you that reached out. I remember reaching out to you and Davarine in the years that followed, asking if you wanted to talk like at, at the one year anniversary or the two year anniversary. Yes, um, maybe, I you know, that. it doesn't matter, but it was super, super, I mean, good. And I'm very, very thankful to you for all of your work. I'm very thankful mm -hmm. to CBC. Uh, they even, you know, gave us all of material for that documentary, what was mm -hmm. on Sarajevo Film Festival for free. Yeah, they were they were super supportive on, um, uh, I mean, uh, even on on a private level and everything, you know, and I mean they did so much good stuff, right, for us. Mm -hmm. Not just I mean as a journalist, but as a people as yeah. well, right? Yeah. And also, I mean, you, um, some of your colleagues as well, uh, Toronto Star. Um, uh, we were talking about this also a few times, uh, particularly, you know, when was some whatever, um, oh, I, I forgot, honestly, but I think when was, uh, when they tried to establish some, you know, uh, ban uh, of the guns or mm. stuff like this, you know, and I had a totally different opinion, right? We talked about that, right? Mm. Because I mean, so I said, I mean, what's the point, right? Guns are anyway forbidden in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. are you going to get with that? I mean, seriously, um, it helped me a lot talking to the journalist later on. Uh, at least somebody was listen, listening, you know, and I, I had the chance to, to, to say, hey, listen, people, it's not right. It's not how it's supposed to be, you know? And you know what? It was my victim impact statement. Everything was like that, right? So then honestly, my last victim impact statement before I uh, left Canada was that, I mean, I'm not leaving Canada because uh, my son gone, right? I, I mean, I would stay there, right? I was there already for 20 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I mean, uh, justice for wars, mm -hmm. because of all of that, what we went through, you know, that was a terrible thing. That so was a terrible thing. And I still think that, that journalists, they were trying, right, to keep professional level, but they, I mean, they also showed that they disagree with all of that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it was helpful for you. It, it was more beneficial for you to talk to the media in the years that followed probably for a couple of reasons. First, because you weren't necessarily in that shell-shocked state that you were in, in the immediate aftermath. And also because there were things that you wanted to talk about that you were experiencing with the criminal justice system. Absolutely. Perceived injustices. So there was clearly a more beneficial, it was more beneficial for you to speak to the media at that point. And you were able to also think about what you were saying, whereas you can't really even remember what you talked about in the immediate aftermath. Is that fair? Fair enough, yeah, because I, I cannot really remember. I, I, you know what, I think that I was talking about that, that he was only a child that we saved him, I mean, from the, I, I, I saved him from the war, Bosnian war, because I left with him. My husband joined after two and a half years. He wasn't able to leave. Yeah. And I mean, it was just shocking. 
shocking, you know, that that stuff happened. It was shocking, right? Yeah, absolutely. Vesna, what does trauma-informed journalism mean to you? And I know we sort of talked about this back and forth over email before this interview, but how, like, how would you say that journalists can show that they understand trauma and that they're taking this into consideration when they interview you? What does that mean to you? You know what? You cannot understand that trauma. Absolutely no one. Uh, look, even, you know, when we said, uh, I mean, we always says there is no worse loss than loss of the child. Yeah, but you know what? That's for me. But all of us have a different or had a different bond with our children, you know? So basically, even us who, who I mean, uh, lost the children or who lost the children uh, due to violence or whatever, uh, we had a different bond with our kids. We are going through all of that differently, you know? Uh, I think that is impossible to understand that. It's absolutely impossible because none of us, uh, I, I still don't understand what happened, you know? Seriously, I still don't understand, don't understand why basically this life turned like on this way, right? I mean, it's, it's impact is terrible, right? So I mean, uh, first that's total shock, total shock. Then I mean, uh, Everyone is reacting differently. I wasn't able in months to move from, from uh, one room to the other room, right? So, I mean, with all of pills, with everything, no sleeping, uh, no eating. I was completely anorexic. Yeah. Uh, then started with whatever, antidepressant, whatever. Then, you know what, you can somehow, I went back to work. But I mean, it was it was it was terrible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, then I was telling myself, okay, so this is first week, then it's second week, then you know, it's going to be easier. Again, I got very big support, really big support at my school, you know, in 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 Toronto. I remember kids, you know, who were coming to me and they were so happy that I was back. But they said, it's you, but it's not you, you know, it's somebody different. Uh, I don't understand seriously. I mean, I don't know how to tell you. That's a terrible. I mean, uh, everything like that. You died, and it's somebody new. That's how I feel, right? Who has no, who has very little connection mm -hmm. with me before. I mean, core the same, right? I, 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 I haven't become a whatever. Let's say a mean person or something like that. No, right? But I mean, uh, I lost interest. I have no i'm reading a lot but again that's you know escape mm -hmm. right that's bibliotherapy um having a lot of problems with communication right my friends they know that for example sometimes i'm not picking up the phone i'm not answering the messages blah, 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 right so but they accept that right so they know that is how it is even now right after all of the years uh health uh high blood pressure depression, anxiety, uh, all of that stuff that I'm aware of, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, when Boris was alive, I got on a checkup every year, right? Very serious checkup, right? Uh, when he died, I absolutely stopped because mm -hmm. I don't care, you know? 
And I think, you know, the worst thing for me was the worst thing after Boris died when I figured out that I survived. That was actually the worst, you know? And then of course it's coming divorce. Uh, my ex-husband, he got a serial of strokes, you know? So it's very hard that any of you understand that, right? So, and I mean, I don't, absolutely don't. It's not good to understand that. Maybe, I mean, maybe you can feel it that, that something is really not how it's supposed to be. But I mean, to understand it's very hard because I still don't understand what happened with me. I still don't, don't, don't understand how it's possible that I'm living this life what I have now. Everything you know? that you've just said, I think goes a really long way in helping people understand while we can never feel the pain that you feel without living it, we can never truly understand it. Everything you've said, I think is so helpful for anybody who's going to be interacting with a homicide survivor to understand and to keep that in their mind when they're asking questions, when they're knocking on a door, when they're phoning you. It's, I think it's all important. So thank you very much for that, Vesna. Do you have any advice for other homicide survivors who might be faced with media attention like you were? You know what, they're gonna get, I mean, media attention because unfortunately, I mean, uh, murder is public event, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I can just give them the other advice. That's a long, long way ahead of them. Life is not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. uh, they won't be okay, never ever again. Right, are they going to keep living or know that only them can decide that? Mm -hmm. You know, that's all that would happen with me. I mean, with my son, you know, uh, obviously that's my game. You know, I have to find a way out if I want it or I can, I can just stay stuck in a limbo if I don't want it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I make sense. Absolutely, you do. But I mean, there is no one, look, you know, I remember one of my conversations with my uh, psychiatrist and I told him, look, I had, I have, my parents were alive. Wonderful parents, really wonderful. A wonderful sister. She is, I mean, we were so close family and my sister and me were super close. I mean, she lives in Australia, but it doesn't matter. Mm. I have so many friends, right? I was always, I mean, I was... I think, right, that I was always a good daughter, of course, with all of problems, what we cause to our parents, <laughs> but I mean, in general, really very caring, very good. Uh, good sister, I was, I don't know, probably okay wife to my husband. I hope that I was good mother, but you know what, something like this happened, you questioned every single movement, every single, uh, whatever you 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 said to that kid or whatever you i mean it's 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 just terrible it opens so much layers mm -hmm. and i mean i was always loyal friend but now it's time you know that no one cannot help not because they don't want it they can't mm -hmm. they simply can't you know mm -hmm. And in particular, all of us are so different, right? Maybe somebody wants to talk to the media from, from the beginning. 
uh, having you know uh, that that uh, that intention to defend the child that could be only one because mm -hmm. you know how it looks like I mean that's what I said in my in my first victim impact statement I said look I mean when something like this happened to the teenage boy uh, then I mean something was wrong with him that's the first what people love they love to think that mm -hmm. why because they are protecting themselves in that way you know uh, we love to put you know that bubbles around us because everything everything is just you know uh, happening to the other people but we are untouchable our families are untouchable everything right um i remember you know i forgot her name and anyway it doesn't matter that uh lady judge who was in preliminary you know and she said something what i remembered and i'm extremely extremely grateful to her she said uh i'm buying flowers whatever flowers or pot, some some stuff right that seeds or whatever in in that garden city in eglinton and i'm staying there and looking at that uh buttonwood park i'm thinking is my son next you know, because she got a teenage son as well. Again, you know, what I think, what basically uh, I cannot agree completely in all of uh, media covering was sometimes very insensitive, insensitive, um, what's the name of that um, terminology? Not, yeah, insensitive. I think that's that's a good word to use. Yeah. I mean, like what I said, he supposed to be, I mean, named as accused killer, ac accused murderer or whatever, because that's a trial, right? Mm -hmm. And not as a student from Humber, yeah. you know. That's, that's all what I can say. Uh, impact is terrible terrible seriously i think you know that all of you in particular in that you know first first days uh, you're not aware of anything because everything shut down right so i think that body do that right so your brain and everything so you have no clue even now i can say that i mean emergency of sunnybrook when i came there was super quiet mm -hmm. listen it doesn't make any sense of course right because emergency in sunnybrook cannot be super quiet cannot be quiet at all you know but I was already in a shock. Yeah. yeah, that was complete state of the shock. And you know what, later on when we were talking and I mean, when all of that stuff happened with the bail, with this, with that, I mean, uh, I was just, I think, I, I showed disbelief. Like, you know, I couldn't believe that, mm -hmm. right? I, I just... It wasn't shocking, right? Maybe it was kind of shocking the first time when he got out in the bail. Then we started to expect all of that, right? Mm. That when it's simply that we are double victimized. And I think that I got really good support of, of journalists, not because I mean, uh, they liked me or because they liked board. No, you know mm. what I mean, doesn't matter, but because they figure out that is really, and they knew that is really wrong. I'm happy that you had those positive experiences too. Not everybody gets them, but um, I'm happy that you were able to feel support from journalists because I know a lot of people really cared about you and, and your, your ex-husband and Boris. 
I know I certainly did. I know you know that. And I know. Sorry, I keep muting myself because I'm coughing. Vesna, I know there were a few more questions on the list, but you've basically addressed everything. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Not really, you know, but I mean, I think I, 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 it's now, I mean, on the professional side, like someone who used to be in that profession, I'm thinking how to make that balance. I think everything is just question of balance because I mean, professionally, journalists, they have to make a story. They have to be the first one there. But I mean, just to know, you know, really seriously not to call the parents when they are in a funeral home, right? Or stuff like that. And and I mean, just just to, to show a little bit more sensitivity, nothing else, Yeah, you know? It's common sense. I mean, it sounds like common sense, but the problem is a lot of times journalists aren't thinking about that stuff in the moment because there's the rush for the deadlines and there's the competition oh. with other news outlets. So that's why I'm having these conversations. And I'm so grateful that you wanted to be a part of it, Vesna, because I think it will cause people to stop and think, and they'll remember your words next time something like this happens and, and hopefully you know, choose, choose the path that doesn't cause any further harm, if possible, or at least causes less harm. Yeah, because you know what, as, as I said before, I mean, it is a tricky, it is basically very tricky, right? So uh, to say, no, I don't want to talk to you guys. When you, I mean, unconsciously want to, want to protect your dad, kid, you know? That's a point, I mean. Mm -hmm. That's everywhere, in every society, I'm telling you. So when when teenager is, is, is killed, something was wrong with him or drug dealing or this or that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when, when the girl was, was raped, oh, no, 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 I mean, so her clothes and stuff like this. But it's always on the beginning is blame of the victim, what is natural, I mean, because normal people i used i used to say the normal people because i'm obviously out of that world right uh i mean people who has a uh, regular lives they they want to protect themselves they no 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 they, it cannot help to me it cannot happen to me it can't mm -hmm. so you know but i mean all of that how to understand uh, what you said i mean journalists uh, it would be too much to expect from them to understand us right because I mean, as you said, that's a deadline, that's a competition, that's I mean, so listen, that's that's your guys way of, of, of uh, making living, right? So I mean, uh, and you have no uh, time for that, you know, so really have to think about this. Because if you really think, if you really try completely to put yourself in the shoes of the victim, then you cannot stay in that profession, unfortunately. Well, I can tell you, Vesna, I know a lot of journalists who want to understand and who want to practice trauma-informed journalism as it's known, and they want to be able to tell stories in a way that does not cause further harm. So I know it seems like, how could it happen? But I'm trying to find a way and I'm trying to make it so that journalists can tell stories without causing that further harm. And there's, there's little things like not calling somebody at a funeral home, like you said, 
you know? No, and you know what? From all of that really beautiful stories after and everything, and for all of that time, even, you know, uh, Bosnian papers, Croatian papers, yeah. everyone put that, just that statement of Stephen Ryan. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And can you imagine, I mean, all of that, I mean, shock, right? Uh, Boris is France, right? So, I mean, they were totally, totally out of mind. Mm. And they were just kids, you know, that night they lost their childhood. Mm -hmm. Later on, they lost also, I mean, trust in justice system, going with us through all of that. And, and I mean, that stuff are unacceptable. And for example, that's super easy, right? That, I mean, you guys understand, actually journalists understand that it's not just a story that, I mean, it's a big question how that survivors going to cope with life after this, mm -hmm. you know? Vesna, mm -hmm. I know that you, yeah. you, you went back and forth as to whether or not you wanted to participate in this. And as I've told you, you can change your mind at any time, but I'm so grateful that you've shared your, your insights. I know you've had to reopen wounds that I know are, you would say that they're, they're always open, but I know these conversations aren't easy. And I just, I thank you for your time and for your very valuable insights. Yeah, you know what, uh, just one more thing, what I want to tell you, what is main, when you said that impact actually, what is also very hard and what I'm constantly, you know, facing, I mean, uh, communication, you know, it's super hard with the other people because look, I mean, the other people, they are coping with stuff of what they consider as a problem. I mean, when I was old, me, when Boris was alive, it was a problem for me as well, you know? But now for me, it looks so trivial. You understand? So absolutely so petty. I, I look at them and thinking, why are they getting upset for that? And you know, so for me, it's absolutely, it's not very easy to show understanding for the things uh, what happen in the ordinary life of the people, mm. you know, mm -hmm. seriously. Your, your whole perspective on life Absolutely, and the world around different. you has changed. And for example, you know what, when I'm working at schools and everywhere, uh, even if they are not on my back to prepare some whatever, you know, uh, productions and, and concerts and la la la. So I always put them as much as I can on, uh, on, a, on a stage. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, my rehearsal is always to be sure that parents from audience can see their children very well. You know, because I was always thinking that who knows, maybe some of them are gonna stay, some parents just with that pictures. Mm. And that's a terrible things, you know. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a terrible things. So basically, I mean impact is on absolutely every segment of my life mm -hmm. on a daily basis. You it's like you've got a new prescription for your glasses and everything you see in the world is through that new lens. Oh yeah, completely, completely, absolutely, completely. And I learned also something, right? You know, that I mean, uh, uh, so justice is category just for the very naive people, <laughs> just them can believe in that, you know? Mm. And you can see, I mean, all of that. I mean, I'm not getting bothered with the wars. I'm not getting bothered with anything, right? So like kind of developed my probably own world. Mm.
I mean, I let people in, you know, they love, they still love to be around me. Mm -hmm. But I mean, oh, specifically that, you know, small talk, Mm -hmm. getting super tired immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, I mean, not easy to live like that. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you know what, wherever I go, Boris is with me, you know, so many people know about him. I mean, on every continent, there is whatever in Bali, it's a special, you know, stuff there, rest in peace, Boris in Cambodia is a brick with with the name of three of us right because apparently if you put that in that um a temple uh according to their beliefs you're gonna come back together right Mm. i was i was thinking about davarin but i was thinking it's not fair really not to put his name as well Mm -hmm. you know and i mean seriously wherever i go he's with me Mm. but it's not easy Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Vesna. You're very welcome.